Hello, lovely people. Welcome to another episode. We have another treat for you. This time we had Joe Moore on the podcast. He is the founder of Psychedelics Today, uh, which does an amazing job in sharing the science behind psychedelics and a lot more. We really recommend that you check their website, psychedelicstoday.com. Obviously, we do talk a lot about psychedelics, but there's other things like, you know, aliens, stuff like that. If you want to leave us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. Mostly nothing. All right. With us today, Mostly Nothing, Joe Moore. Is that is that the correct pronunciation, by the way? Because me and Juliet were... 100%. Were... Yes. Well, we weren't I fighting it. over it. It's just I, I have a really it. weird accent. I, I was like Joe Moore, and he was like, "It's not more, it's me." And I was like, "Like I just, I, I went to speech therapy as a kid. Like, yeah. please." But you made progress. Got some slick. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, it's it's a huge, huge pleasure for those who don't, who don't know. Joe is the founder of Psychedelics Today, uh, a page that we check pretty much daily yeah. <laughs> on Instagram. And we, we were big fans uh, of. Um, before doing this yeah we were like mm. we were actually discussing it it's it's crazy how we we started talking about psychedelics more precisely you know just a few months mm -hmm. ago and here we are with with the fund of psychedelics today a page that we we became such fans of so <laughs> it's pretty crazy thank yeah. you thank you thank you so much for being here Jim. absolutely thank you for having me no and, worries um, to be here so actually do you want to start there like how how do you got involved with uh with psychedelics in general how did you, did you start this journey for like psychedelic advocacy like because I'm, I'm i'm just curious because you were working as a software engineer before right that's how, what we read yeah roughly yeah so, so um, how did that happen <laughs> yeah my undergrad um <clears throat> my undergrad uh i started with an applied computer science degree and it really wasn't for me i didn't really enjoy it at all i bumped into um, an intro to philosophy course and decided it was a good move to like, uh, check that out further. And in our first book we read, uh, called holographic universe by Michael Talbot, there are some references Ooh. to Stan Groff's work. And, um, it just seemed so outside of anything I'd heard of being, you know, real in my life. So I, I just had to follow it up. It, it kind of, the story was kind of like a hybrid between Poltergeist and The Exorcist. Um, and I, I was like, wait, what? They're, they're not lying right now? This is for real? So I had to dig it up. And thankfully, my school library had a bunch of Stan Groff. He's a pioneering LSD psychotherapy researcher from Soviet Prague and America. And yeah, he's up there with Freud and Young right now mm. in, in terms of the uh, yeah. you know, hierarchy of psychology, for me at mm. least. Um, yeah, and you know, a couple of years later, I found my way into a holotropic breathwork community in the the next state over, Vermont, and yeah, the rest is history. So, like since two thousand three, I've just been immersed in Stan Groff's work and holotropic breathwork and a great community. And yeah, it took me about six years to even try psychedelics, but I just really? been interested in it. Yeah, so it's so probably two thousand nine, two thousand eight, when I tried uh, ayahuasca for the first time. But so I had grown mushrooms previously before even trying ayahuasca. So uh, it's like, where? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So wait, ayahuasca was actually the first psychedelic you tried. Right. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, that's hardcore. You know, tried at a full dose. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, right. yeah. When I say yeah. tried, it's like that, that, that you had. That, that yeah, must have like been... I had a couple things of mushrooms like here and there, but it was never enough to really f- feel it a lot, you know? Oh, I see. Okay, mm, I right. see. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, tipped your toe in the water a bit. Well, people say that's not, I mean, you can't really get, uh, nothing can really prepare you for for ayahuasca, right? Not even mushrooms. Yeah. That's what I heard because I never Six tried ayahuasca. Six years of holotropic breath work. Is a is I think like really great prep. Mm. Um, if there was ever a good prep, it's years of being in your own process, like quite actively in something like breathwork. Right. Um, I wish other people would have that, but you know, it's not really. You know, they want the thing now, and they can have the thing now. It's just kind of like hard to say, hey, what if what if you prepped for six years? It's like nobody's going to do that. So, in you know? what way would you say that experience in breath work helped you with your ayahuasca experience um, specifically? Like, what what was it about that? Was it penetrating through that you know door, or was it coming back to reality, or you know what was it, or was it just the experience in general? Um, like, kind of the experience in general, but it was getting used to my inner landscape. Is kind of how I frame it. I'm right. getting like familiar with what it's like to be inside. I'm getting comfortable with expressing outrageous emotions like really high energy emotions um yeah like even fear like fear was probably the one that hadn't really come up much in my breath work but it came up heavily in ayahuasca yeah and just like the container like being able to sit down and like kind of know all right this is going to be heavy for a bunch of hours like let's you know center and do my thing you know and it was kind of nice because i just had like you know years of practice that i could pull on for it Oh. it's just getting used yeah. to have your consciousness being totally like, like right. altered right it's getting used to yeah. that feeling where where you just accept you're going to see something that is unexpected or feel something unexpected and just you know embrace it right that's that's the, the person next to me um thought i had been to like 10 to 12 workshops like ayahuasca set you know ceremonies wow. and uh just because of how calm i looked you know <laughs> i'm like hmm Wow. I just know I'm in for some something really intense. Like I don't know what I'm into <laughs> and I'm ready for it cuz you know, I I think I was kind of depressed at the time and I just, you know, that was what I was there for to kind of clear up some of that kind of angst and depression. Right. Did it work? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I was walking on sunshine for like Brilliant. a full year. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, in regards to the experience then, was it then what you expected having had that breath work? Um Obviously, you were able to manage it better, but was it what you expected? Was it beyond what you expected? Was it still crazier than you could ever fathom? Hmm. It wasn't outside the realm of what I can imagine. Um, I, I could have imagined at that point. It was definitely wildly intense. And, you know, I'd never been so scared in my life. That was probably the thing that shocked me the most was the level of fear for the first, like, 20, 30. Mm-hmm. Until I started vomiting and it was like, you know just uh surfing a tsunami of uh you know trying to stay on top of my emotional tsunami um on my surfboard and you know it was uh harrowing but it was you know wrote it out in in terms of like what what did i expect it's like you know hard for me to really say that uh, a yes or no to that kind of yes kind of no um i definitely had entity encounters past life stuff um right yeah messages and lessons that you take home which is all pretty typical i believe um for ayahuasca so Mm. you know it helps having like had talked to a lot of people in organizing events around ayahuasca in boston 
um, before I even had access. I'm sure. Um, yeah. It's kind of an interesting way I went around it. It's like, oh, I got to build community first before I can get access to the drugs or like the plant medicine next, you know? Like, huh. A little backwards, but, you know, it was the only way I could see earning people's trust to like get invited, I think. So you were involved in organizing those events like from the get-go when you got involved with psychedelics and was it around that time that you founded psychedelics today or that came um much so much later my early organizing um when i was doing breathwork workshops in, in new england in the u.s um like that was probably my first taste of organizing and then i started uh reaching out to groups like evolver and reality sandwich who were pretty cool at the time um from my perspective. And I was running like workshops and trainings in Boston and it was really great um, around everything from shamanism to permaculture to mushroom growing, you know, growing fish at home. <clears throat> at home. Um, we even had Graham Hancock over to like talk about his what? ancient what? history what? stuff. Do you yeah. know that's our dream guest? We were talking about it the other day. I don't and think that's you like... have any idea how much <laughs> <laughs> that guy is just something else. Uncle Graham. Yes. Graham, if you ever listen to this, Graham. my God, you are my idol, <laughs> my idol and a half. Oh, he's <laughs> he's unbelievable. He's something else. He, he really is. Yeah. He really so is. I did those kind of events. And then, um, you know, Graham was talking about ayahuasca at that point, I think, because of Supernatural. And uh, we even put on an event called uh, Ayahuasca Monologues, kind of a spin on vagina monologues, you know? And Ooh. it was kind of like really cool storytelling in like a beautiful, you know, for, for, by American standards, historic theater. And um, yeah, it was great. It was just a really fun event and beautiful. And I got to meet a lot of folks. Oh, and wow. uh, I was like hooked. Shortly after that, I moved to Colorado and had to do it all over again um, <laughs> in Boulder. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was great, man. It's like, so yeah, ayahuasca just kind of like came into my life because um, people started asking me, oh, do you want to go to this one? Do you want to go to this one? It's like, well, let me scout it out what for a little while like, before what, I agree. What a question to be asked. <laughs> you yeah. want to get? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you still <laughs> live awesome. in Colorado? Yes, yes. I live uh, at a little tiny ski resort in Breckenridge, Colorado. Um, the life. It's uh, about an hour and a half from Denver. Yeah, mm. I can't really do the city very well, so I have to be out here. Well, I can do cities well, just not forever, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I get. I, I'm getting a feeling with, well, yeah, with London. Think, yeah. Well, we both are. I mean, it's a great city. Mountains. It's amazing. <laughs> you have access to everything. You know, on the get go, it's it's incredible. But but after a few years, and the, the opportunities crowds... are amazing as well. It's you know, it's really great to have yeah. that and interaction with people, but. It yeah, gets too it gets intense. too much. It gets too intense. For certain personalities, mm -hmm. I, I guess. So, if yeah. you want the neurotic side of, of things, you know, some people can thrive in cities for, you know, decades and they're fine. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> it's unbelievable. Know, yeah. How's the situation? Would love to be there one of them. <laughs> when it comes to psychedelics in uh, in Colorado. It's good. It's good. So I try to describe it as being paired up with um kind of the music culture here hmm. so <clears throat> we're we're roughly in the middle of the country um and we're in a part of the country that a lot of people want to come to um so when musicians are like touring like in their buses and going across the country and whatnot not every band goes from like new york to los angeles but every band roughly goes from new york to denver or like los angeles to denver so like we get everything including international artists like uh like spangle 
had his final show here. Um, their final show here last summer, maybe that was extraordinary. So as a result of having this huge confluence of, of music, um, you get a huge confluence of psychedelic culture and drug culture in general. And it's extraordinary. Mm. Like, uh, that paired with the massive nature, mountains, woods, deserts, like all right here. It's a beautiful Um, place. Right. Like I fantasize about, you know, England because, you know, we don't really have normal trees here. We have like pine <laughs> trees everywhere. And so, you know, once in a while we've got, you know, like willow type trees, but they're not, it's not like a lush England. Mm. So I, you know, I go back and forth. Mm. But, yeah, you know, the drug culture, psychedelic culture is really, really strong. There's all sorts of churches and clubs. Like, so it's, uh, it's fully legalized there already? No. No, is it? It's no, more like everything's it's still illegal. another drug thing. Well, not really right. underground, but still. <laughs> Cannabis is legal, very legal. Um, you can't consume in public, but that's kind of, there's kind of rules that you can skirt on that one. And uh, there's decriminalized mushrooms in Denver. Mm. But that's about it, I believe. Um, there's other municipalities working on similar laws, but because Denver decriminalized it, but they didn't really, it's not actual decriminalization. They, they made this phrase, like, this is now law enforcement's lowest priority, and we're not going to spend right. money to enforce this from the city. Like a the line. city is also a county, so it's like its own two-layer entity. Um, so the state... And the federal government can still come in and mm. knock this stuff around. Like there was a DEA bust um, <clears throat> for a mushroom grower uh, a couple years ago, like after the law passed. Uh, and he's looking at years in, in uh, well, incarceration, he, I think. He was yeah. growing a lot, right? I mean, um, to get that attention? You know, I don't it's know. a relative term. <laughs> he, was, uh, he got on um, a lot of... Uh, media like mm. he was on vice and a few other tv stations and didn't hide his situation very well um That's yeah smart, so he could have been smarter but you know hindsight's twenty twenty. so anyway the feds are looking they're trying to make examples here and there um you know yeah so it's not wide open yet but we're working on it like santa cruz decriminalized all psychedelic plants and fungi, same thing with Oakland, California. Like they're they're working on it. It should be uh, Oakland is actually working on like how to make fully above board access um, to things like ayahuasca and mushrooms. Uh-huh. And I was reading in Psychedelics yeah. Today website, uh, the, what, what was the name? Measure one hundred nine in Oregon. Like that, that's also right. that also happened in the, this just year. a couple months ago. Just a yeah, few months ago, like yeah. Uh, so. What's going to happen there is therapists who have appropriate training which hasn't really been defined yet will be able to offer psychedelic psychotherapy sessions with with mushrooms and psilocybin so both plant and synthetic um yeah they're in the process of forming their advisory board right now um so the measure did win by the people so the state has two years to get everything implemented so that they can roll um so they're going to work on recruiting their advisory board and uh, figure out what their training requirements are. And then, yeah, in a little less than two years, they'll be able to be offering that stuff legally. So it's not just Netherlands and Jamaica anymore. It's, you know, Oregon as well. Cool. It's also promising. It's also promising. Mm -hmm. Where do you see this going in the next couple of years? 
it's gonna be crazy. You think so? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many businesses um, coming in. There's multiple businesses valued at over a billion U.S. dollars. Um, there's yeah. people are starting to invest um, in that. <clears throat> more and more money coming in. Right. Um, and it's kind of changing the landscape a lot. There's a lot more business people who don't necessarily understand the culture, mm -hmm. which I find a little problematic. But mm -hmm. it's also yeah, you know, it is. Of course, we need them. Um, we need the capital so that we can get these things prescribable. Come hand in hand. But it's like, yeah, exactly. But that, you know, it, we're going to see continued kind of fights between the medicalization people, the religious rights people, and, you know, kind of more um, just libertine folks like me that just want everything legal, right? <laughs> it's going to be a really <clears throat> complicated and long struggle. Like, yeah. You're familiar with David Nutt from the UK, right? Dr. David Nutt? David Nutt, that David works Nutt. with Carhartt. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Yes, in the Imperial College. Do you remember how he got fired? Yeah, from he, the said, he said, in, uh, let me see if I remember. He basically said that LSD was less dangerous than, than alcohol. I don't know. I'm, well, like, I'm probably paraphrasing right. it a lot, but it was something was on those lines. It was something. Yeah, alcohol and uh, alcohol and tobacco were the two worst on his scale. Yeah. It was like a... 15 to 20 drug scale, if I recall right. I it was published study. in The Lancet, um, which is an extraordinarily, you know, well-regarded journal. And he did a multifactorial analysis on all of these different drugs and did uh, harm to self and harm to others. Yeah. And like LSD and mushrooms were like little slivers and alcohol is like huge. You two living in the UK should understand about drinking, like how, <laughs> how horrifying, horrifying drinking and culture in, in can Portugal, be. And like, uh, the same thing, my home country. We have right. a huge problem with alcoholism because it's in the culture mm -hmm. it's normal yeah. if you even if you're a 15 years old kid uh you know and people don't see it as a problem if you want to have a beer even it's in like, latvia oh, as right. well yeah um, yeah a lot of places have it's very cultural with, yeah. and here is the same okay. thing you know that there's a, a pandemic going on and people are losing their shit because the pubs are closed <laughs> it's the one thing it's the one <laughs> it thing yeah. it was like the yeah it was like the main concern <laughs> Mm. by many people <laughs> well i'm, I'm probably exaggerating but it, it is it, it is very obvious isn't it well because yeah. it's tied to socialization mm. it's like um married to our ability to bond with each other in a lot of ways yeah. um and yeah it's because it's, it's been around for a few thousand years it's very um, true destroys so many yeah. lives it's crazy Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. I've just been caught by your UFO. I want to believe poster. Absolutely love it. Have you just, have you read the news about the COVID eighteen bill? Nineteen. Sorry. I just <laughs> saw it in bed deliriously. COVID nineteen. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I did. Uh, just saw that this morning. Did um, you? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I don't know. What do you like, think I is the relation there? I don't see what COVID nineteen. You know, with alien uh, disclosure. Right. That, that's what you got to understand is how horrifying American politics is. Right. They just like jam things. Oh, cool. Like you want to do this COVID relief thing? Yeah. Let's like build these 10 nuclear weapons and like release out. UFO data all in one thing. Right. Like I'll, I'll vote for it, but you got to put this UFO thing in. It's like what senator or like congressman like really insisted that that happened. I don't think it was Fox Mulder. Oh, but it, you know we already had all kinds of theories we were saying you know it, it, <laughs> they were, the aliens released covid <laughs> that, that would be the thing uh, um, i, I want to tell you two things um we've got a ufo article coming out in a couple days um so like by january 1 it should be up and then um secondarily um my actual paternal grandfather was at roswell new mexico during the famous incident um, he was an Air Force captain, 
when the UFO situation happened there. So like there's a couple big ones before that, but this is like the biggest military one. My suspicion is that that whole thing was just a mess with the Russians. It was part of like the Cold War effort. Mm -hmm. Like how can we, you know, continue to confuse USSR and um, make them spend more money that they don't have, you know, some... Same thing was going back and forth right. with the states. It was kind of just a spending war in a lot of ways. Yeah, right. I, I guess it was a bit hot to see what was, you know. Yeah, uh, true exactly. Uh, no internet, no satellite maps. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, and then, isn't it? I think both sides kind of fed that UFO culture that was happening in the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. just to like mess with each other. Like nobody could tell what was true. So, do you think you they know? were actually building like fake? fake alien yeah, ships to go and scare the other <laughs> you know the other i think guy. for film for film purposes well, yeah, i think so that's the thing. yeah that's, that's, yeah totally that's insane but i never thought of that but it, it mm, makes yeah. it, it makes, makes total sense, sense yeah. in my mind did you see this um there's some stuff recently about a uh <clears throat> a group of soldiers like american soldiers in the u.s army who actually had like inflatable like uh armored tanks inflatable trucks so it was like a fake army. They call it like the ghost army. So this is in the 50s. So they would do like fake installations to kind of psych out the Nazis and like where where they were being and like how many were there. So they could inflate their numbers from like, you know, spy planes or whatever by a lot um, artificially. And this was hap- this just got declassified in the 90s, I think. Oh, really? So what else was going on That's, using yeah. similar That's tactics? It just blew what my else? mind. Like, but when you think about it, it's such, a, it's such an obvious thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's game theory. You know, a lot of what's happening, right. like the oh man, Cold War was fascinating from that point of view. All the the little games they were playing. <laughs> I mean, I, I love just reading right. about it because it's fascinating. Because it's not fiction. It, it, you know, these, it's real. <laughs> these things happened. It's um, yeah. It's oh, really man, insane. I want to remember this book I read, uh, the Billion Dollar Spy, maybe. It was unbelievable. Yeah, The Billion Dollar Spy, a true story of Cold War espionage and betrayal. This guy had his family all beat up by the Soviets, and then uh, he was able to essentially leak classified military data for like 15 years or something crazy like that to the U.S. Um, Unbelievable. So like, you know, weapons, plans, missiles, plans, planes, all that. It's fascinating. Um, (laughs) That's one of my favorite spy books. But there's plenty left. I think it was Carl Jung was also releasing information, right, about the the Nazis at the time. I think I read I read about it uh, somewhere. And so, it, like, um, working for the Allied forces, like um, leaking data from Germany to the states or England. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I like think, a lot of intellectuals were doing that. Um, yeah, the crazy like thing he never, he never disclosed it. He never disclosed it. They only found out much mm-hmm. later. And the and the funny thing he was he was accused of of being uh, you know a lot of people accused yeah. Young of being you know a bit racist or or even fascist in a in, in a certain way I guess. But but then you it's, you, you know <laughs> well, that kind of thing's hard to escape sometimes. It is. It is. But, uh, it is. but when you read his stuff, I mean that's not what I think about him at all. Yeah, uh, beautiful humanist. Yeah, you know, transpersonal exactly. literature. I mean, people can see everything in you know whichever way they they want yeah, to see it. Totally, that's that's absolutely. The thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm loving this psychedelics, <laughs> UFOs, Cold War. Oh, my oh God. this is go, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Joe, with, with psychedelics today, so you guys basically do a lot of different things, uh, but you're also training therapists. Is is that right? 
Uh, so my question Therapists, is... Therapists, doctors, nurses, psychologists. All right. Yeah. So, oh, so you're training also... So, all right. So uh, let's say a nurse could mm-hmm. could do that. Pro- all right. That's very interesting. No, I was... So a nurse <laughs> is actually one of the better um, facilitators, I think. Your training as a nurse is like yeah. almost more ideal than a therapist for being a trip sitter. It's extraordinary work. It is. Um, <laughs> it really yeah. is. It's a lot of effort. And uh, what I think a lot of people might miss is that this isn't really something you can do full time either. Like maybe with ketamine because it's so sedating. But I don't think with mushrooms or LSD or ayahuasca, it's, you know, for a Westerner to be doing this every day doesn't seem reasonable. Mm. Um, I, I know the feeling, you know, you know, I, because I've dealt a lot. I work in ITU and we have a lot of ITU delirium patients mm. that, you know, you spend 12 hours inside the room with someone that thinks you want to kill them. <laughs> and like it, it, it gets, it's so draining. It's very, very draining. It's intense. And I can imagine also, you know, in a, in a different mm-hmm. way, but I know that psychedelics can sometimes induce psychotic, like psychotic, like symptoms. Right. And, and you have to be there and deal with that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I understand you <laughs> from personal experience. From that personal experience, yeah, it's not me. something you can do uh, full time because, like, not even every shift. You know, when you get one of those patients, we're always like, okay, t- the next shift you have to put me in a different patient. That's how it works because it takes you to to places. Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine how bad that is. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, it, thankfully, lo- for the most part, you only have to be with the person for um, yeah. like two to six hours you know, depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, LSD takes forever. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think the three hours is a sweet spot. Um, you know, longer is typically better if you want to, quote unquote, do a lot of work. But, um, you know, it's always debatable. Like, what's what does your situation allow for? In regards to that, like, you know, the the longer, I guess you say, um, you know, the longer you're in it, the more work you can do. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on DMT as a therapeutic um, substance? Smoked DMT? So, do you think that's enough for you to, you know, deal with your shit? Not necessarily mm. with smoked DMT um, alone. Um, like when I see someone has smoked DMT a lot, usually they're a little wonky, you know, you know, um, intravenous DMT, I think could be used really skillfully if you did it, um, with a machine, what the hell do you call this thing? An infusion pump kind of like, uh, so you get like milligrams per second, like X number of milligrams per second. So like you could really titrate the dose and like say, okay, I want to go in for another 20 and like dial me back. So there's a group called DMTX out of Boulder, Colorado, doing that with Daniel McQueen. And uh, I think the UK just started their first DMT study with DMT. Um, I think that's probably IV, like what I was describing, the infusion pump. Um, That's what they did Because like a single injection is a little rough. Right. Rick Strassman, Strassman, Spirit Molecule. Um, That was, yeah, just bolus dose IV or IM, I think. Yeah. I'm not 100% if it's IM or IV, but I, I think it was IM. All right. Um, a guy I know, I just met a psychiatrist the other day who was part of that study. He was not even a medical student yet. No way. And he was getting the DMT. Yeah. So I think I think there's something there. Like DMT oh, yeah. could be good. Um, we just need to spend more time like looking at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I, I think and so. 5-MeO DMT is really interesting. I'm just a little uncomfortable with it because of some of the people I've met who have been really enthusiastic about it. Did you watch the film, um, the documentary? <clears throat> um, with Octavio Reddick? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. The, the Mexican doctor. No, 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 um, no. It's the it's like an in independent kind of um, documentary that came out quite recently about these group oh, of friends. Somebody sent it free, to me. Free. I haven't seen it yet. Right. Um, did you like it? So yeah, I I I really did enjoy it. Um, yeah, I did enjoy it. I because I didn't know much about um, that DMT, so mm. it was really interesting for me to kind of find out more about it. Um, so yeah, it was interesting as well, just getting like the perspective of, um, just these three guys, which were, I guess, very different and they just mm -hmm. went on this kind of journey and they kind of went for it. And, um, it was filmed very beautifully, I think as well. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. Yeah, Good. it was indeed. Yeah. A lot of effort There's, and time um, went into that. One thing around 5MEO DMT I want to mention is a, a website called 5MEO DMT malpractice.org. Mm. Um, and there's, uh, two doctors who um have been caught multiple times doing quite unethical things uh and it outlines the charges against them quite uh extensively so that's all i really want to say about it but yeah uh there's there's a facebook group called uh, beware of the bufo gangsters you can also check out oh i will check beware that out for sure that's a cool name bufo gangsters. Bufo i will gangsters. check that out <laughs> well, well. it's good that there's people out there like trying to you know um, monetize well no no there's people out there accusing those people of, of like doing the malpractice that's the I think it's thing. important yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. like some people have death counts like body counts on them fucking hell so aye, aye, aye. yeah that in certain countries you can kind of you know how much is this murder going to cost me kind of stuff you know fucking hell well that's yeah. important information you know so we have to advocate for even even to actually get it to a point where we can legalize all drugs the basis of that has to be uh, information and education, right? I, Amen. 100%. That's what we do. It's exactly. And, and let's stop treating people like they're kids. And and you know. And as Graham would say, it's a it's a war against consciousness, and it must stop. <laughs> people are not stupid. Sometimes we are. There's a new book coming out in a couple of days called uh, "Drug Use for Adults" by Dr. Carl Hart, <gasps> who's um, I think the chair of psychology at Columbia, maybe. Um, but he's done a lot, like perhaps Amazing. more um, kind of drug and addiction research than anybody, I believe. Um, he's just to a total that. rock star. Oh, yeah. I can't Amazing. wait to read it. So when when is that coming out? I think in the next week or so. Nice. Uh, oh, just so much reading yeah. material you've been giving us. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I apologize. It's unfortunately. No, please don't. Thank you. Thank start you. reading too many books. That's how you speak. No, 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 no. It's brilliant. Uh, while we're on the topic, um, you will have to recommend um, us and the listeners your, I guess, favorite book on psychedelics. Mm. If you want to kind of just dip, start dipping your toes into like the more the more magical aspects. I think um, Stan Groff's um, When the Impossible Happens is great. Um, it kind of just shows like, hey, here's this psychonaut who did some really interesting things. And like, here's his stories, some of which don't make sense. And um, so I think that's really great. Um, for somebody who's really clinical, probably LSD Psychotherapy by Groff. Um, but really his... The, the book Holotropic Breathwork he wrote with his uh, late wife, Christina, they, 
they did a really good job laying out the whole scenario and it you know holotropic breathwork and, and psychedelics there's a lot of overlap um yeah i can't say one's better than the other there's really different um but he, they lay out the whole theory in there quite well i think um in a really nice tight cohesive way um you know somebody that's like always reading fancy newspapers probably michael poland's book is a good oh i love one. that one yeah yeah how, how, how to change um, your mind yeah. i think yeah. so yep yeah. the only two critiques i have number one he treated uh tim leary a little unfairly mm. and then mm. secondly you know rich american journalist he's allowed to break laws but nobody else is exactly you know? no one does anything since he's <laughs> since he's published his book um he kind of took a little bit more conservative of a stance than uh i had hoped he would oh, mm. Mm. i wasn't really aware of that yeah. to be honest i just right. read the book and i yeah. you know journalists add emotion that just happens you have to make it look especially because it was immersive journalism that he did you know mm. um it just happens and there's a lot of people that he was bumping into that don't like tim leary mm. so it makes sense you know i personally love tim leary i it, very pr problematic person at times mm. but you know so inspirational to me mm. I guess we, yeah, a lot of the times when you search about Timothy Leary, you, you end up getting um, a lot of those, let's say, more neg negative aspects of, of his yeah. personality. It just comes up first. And I guess that ends up Been the first uh, thing you absorb, yeah. biasing your, yeah, your opinion about him. But, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not easy to like uh, navigate your way through all that, um, <clears throat> especially when a lot of these people seem to have a lot of authority in the space it's like oh you wrote for vice 45 times like cool <laughs> but you know you have to understand when you read vice what you're getting you know it's not necessarily a straight scoop the other day on That's vice true. i was watching this video i was just it, it was crazy do you know about this problem in zimbabwe where basically the kids are all addicted to this codeine cough syrup I saw the article. Yeah, it's, that's a big deal in the insane. States in some cultures. Also in the States, you'd say? Right. Co like, if we look back before Prohibition, like, people were able to buy, like, heroin and cocaine drinks with alcohol, cannabis-infused, like, heroin drinks. Coca-Cola. Like, there were so many things available. And addiction was not even, didn't look at all like what it looks like today. Um, you know, doctors treated it. The government didn't care. Um, like, this whole concept of drugs is kind of, somewhat of a recent phenomenon yeah, yeah. hamilton has an episode um on a south african quaalude use quaaludes are kind of like vanished from wet the west for the most part but they've popped up in south africa and uh people like smoking this and it's for a similar situation i think and they fall down like it's you know it's a whole situation um it's very sad yeah it, it's really sad mm -hmm. I would love to say that psychedelics are the answer for everything, but I don't think that's true. Um, mm. It's like, you know, you just throw psychedelics at South Africa and you know, Tanzania like, and, you know, Uganda. That, it's not going to really help that uh, um, addiction issue on its own. No. You might get some great music out of the culture, but you might get a lot of, you know. Um, what they need is better, chaos better governments, as well. better governments, less corruption. You know, that, that's. We would hope. That, one would hope. Yeah, one would hope. It's debatable. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, like you say, yeah. you know, it, it 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 isn't, you know, just a, a magical. It, it is a tool. It is a tool, and I think I think that goes with um, it for the most yeah, yeah, things. You know, idea. it is a tool. Yeah. It's not for everyone. And um, 
it's not something that's just going to magically cure you. No. You're going to have to right. put that work like, in there. <laughs> MK Ultra happened. Charles Manson right, happened. Right. Um, but also right. Johns Hopkins happened, right. and, and they're treating tons in you know the psychiatric research hospital in Prague that Stan Groff was at. You know Spring Grove. Like there's an incredible amount of healing that's happening now. And you know let's not like downplay the '60s. The '60s is really pivotal for the development of the world we're living in now. As chaotic as it was, um, we have a lot to you know thank those folks for. Yeah. You know the social impact. What if the Beatles never had acid? You know like what would culture look like? Exactly. <laughs> not good. Exactly. I don't think. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. That the twentieth right. century was a bit. I don't know. In a lot of ways, it was. It was a very shitty century, wasn't it? When you look at some of the things... It's a wild ride. It was <laughs> a roller coaster. It was obviously... I'm not going to say it was just crap, but come on, two world wars and then you know Vietnam War and everything else and very complicated Alcohol century. prohibition in the US, followed by the global drug war after that kind of went out of business because of prohibition. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. You know, tough people. It's it's why I think you know t those generations. The, we're talking about tough people. I mean, right? I mean, uh, come on, being eighteen or nineteen years old and you have to go and fight a war, you know, that you don't even understand well why <laughs> right. why it started and why do you have to go? And next thing you in this beach inside a boat and you know it's like it, it's hard right. for us to imagine, right? How, how do you put yourself you in that situation? And sometimes we complain about things that, come on, it's almost like we had it too easy, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. And now, come on, people, people need to to look back and. Uh, yeah, I agree. There is a little bit of a need to toughen up um, for those of us that word. aren't like acutely ill. Yeah. Like they, there's people that I think can't get there mm -hmm. yet, um, but there are people that can get there. Like, do some hard stuff. Like I used to go to the gym every day. And do horribly hard stuff every day until my body failed. <laughs> but you know that was a failure on me. I should have <laughs> should have had a trainer. Um, and yeah, like I I love doing hard things. Mm. You know, sometimes I don't. But I'm like, all right, just do it. You know, I live in a really hard place to live. You know, right. it's kind of like the opposite of Portugal here. Mm -hmm. it's so cold. <laughs> I also had it easy um, <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> even 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 where I was born. How cold is it there now? What's the temperature? Approaching zero Fahrenheit, we're a little over zero Fahrenheit. Um, How much is that is in Celsius? Cold. <laughs> uh, I'll pull it up. For I you. can only work with Celsius. I'm really bad, yeah. but but it's low. It's, like it's cold. Low. <laughs> it's very cold. It's very oh, yeah. cold. <laughs> it's below freezing by a lot. Uh, yeah. Negative seventeen. Wow. Yeah, that's cold. Almost minus eighteen. Yeah. <gasps> Shit. So you know, I I like it, even though it's not easy. It's just kind of like refreshing. It's kind of like keeps crisp. you awake. <laughs> Yeah, right. And this is my time of year. Like, this is when I come alive. Yeah. So, well, yeah. getting up to the top of the mountain, 70 mile an hour winds, and you're just hiking around. Wow. Like, hope I don't die. <laughs> like, it's kind of nice to have that kind of fear and like hard task to do. I mean, some oh. days that I can I imagine just speak. going out to do some shopping is probably like you're almost risking your life. <laughs> if your car fails, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, it's for sure the case here. Like, Thankfully, it's a really small town, hmm. so like you could probably walk home from anywhere, even if it's minus ten. Um, cool. But yeah, if you're going like on a far drive and you break down in the middle of somewhere, like you could be in big, big trouble. trouble. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we pack blankets and all that kind of stuff. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Is there anything else you, you want to think. ask? Oh. Anything else you, you want to talk about, Joe? I think we asked the main things we wanted to ask mm. you. But if there's anything else you, wanna, yeah, you want to it. share. <laughs> um, I just think if folks are interested in psychedelics and want to minimize harm, like come over to our website and, and check out some of our free resources. We've got a great free class called Eight Common Psychedelic Mistakes. Um, you can find that at psychedeliceducationcenter.com. Um, there's another one that's really interesting from a more uh, clinical lens called Spiritual Emergence or Psychosis. We've got a whole assortment of classes up there too. And, you know, 200 something, probably 250 podcast episodes at 1.5 million downloads. So just browse around, see if you want to dig into a topic and see where you, see where you land. Absolutely. And um, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for what you do. You know, as someone who really sees, I guess, the magic in psychedelics it's really cool um that you know you are bringing this to people's attentions in such a safe way um yeah it's brilliant keep it up please keep it up i will thank you for doing this again yeah thanks for having me